the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. There are a couple things that are true about solving problems. One is that you have to admit you have a problem. Then you have to have a plan. Then you have to put a plan into action. And then you have to evaluate the results to see if the plan is working. And if it's not, you have to be willing to adjust. All of those things apply to the ever-increasing situation regarding rampant car thefts in the city of Columbus. And also, and also, nationally applied to the Center for Disease Control and how it responded to COVID. We will discuss both today on a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. And at noon, we will have our normal weekly visit with Matt Mayer of OpportunityOhio.org. Looking forward to discussing these things with you. You can participate in our conversation by calling 844-TALK-989. 844-TALK-989. That's the number for those of you listening on 94.5 The Answer in Dayton and 98.9 The Answer in Columbus, or you can weigh in via email, Bruce at SalemMedia.com, Bruce at SalemMedia.com. Told you yesterday that they are now having in Dayton the same problem with the theft of Hyundais and Kias that they have been having in Columbus for a long, long time, and the problem is not diminishing. NBC4, Channel 4 here in Columbus, reports that in the last three weeks, 398 Kias and Hyundais have been stolen in Columbus. 21 days Too shy of 400. That's 17 cars a day. Now, when we broke down the estimate of 10,000 car thefts in the city of Columbus for calendar year 2022, that averaged out to 10 per day, 10 per day. Uh, So they're almost doubling that here, I guess, before they head back to school and get back to the books. (laughs) 17 cars per day since July the 24th and two Two of these crashes have something in common. A single, solitary, 14-year-old boy who was in the car two weeks ago with two of his 14-year-old buddies when it was stolen and began to try to avoid police who actually weren't chasing the car. They just, the guys who stole it, thought they were. So they were speeding at a high rate Car crashed. Two of the 14-year-olds were killed. One of the 14-year-olds walked away. And on Tuesday, he was driving a car that had been stolen when he crashed it into a Columbus garbage truck, causing he, two other boys, and a woman to be hospitalized, not with life-threatening injuries. Two weeks. Two weeks. I don't know, if I survived a fiery rollover crash that killed two of my friends, I would be 
probably not engaging in that same activity that led to that kind of life experience a fortnight later, but not this kid, not this kid. Now, the psychology of why is very interesting. We do not have difficulty admitting we have a problem in Columbus. 10,000 car thefts, pretty much everybody agrees that's unacceptable. Do we have a plan to fix it? Well, kind of. I mean, we have uh, the police engaged in Operation Game Over. Uh, Is the plan working? Well, I would say no. It is not working. Why is it not working? Well, it's not working because the people who have to buy into the plan and have to help execute the plan are not doing it. That would namely be your prosecutors and your juvenile court judges. Uh, Columbus Police Commander Dwayne Mabry on the 14-year-old who rammed the garbage truck in a stolen car after surviving the rollover crash that killed two of his 14-year-old friends said, I think all of us are like, really? Again? I think that's how we're all responding. It's heartbreaking. It's frustrating. Our heart breaks for these victims. This is a child. They call themselves the Kia boys, but they are all Kia children. Yeah, a couple weeks ago I had a chance to uh, have dinner with a good friend who's a law enforcement official in a suburban department. And we talked about this car theft issue all over our listening area. It's a problem in Dayton. It's a problem in Columbus. We talked about it. He showed me photos on his phone of these kids when they are first apprehended for stealing a car. And they look like you would have looked when you were 14 if you had been caught doing something really bad like Grand Theft Auto. They look scared. They look terrified, actually. Wide-eyed. Then, it's amazing, this officer told me, how quickly the activity that once left them wide-eyed and terrified becomes routine. And the response to getting caught is to shrug your shoulders. Or like the 16-year-old who exited a turkey hill two days ago, entered a stolen car, despite the fact that Whitehall officers had his car hemmed in by their cruisers and had their guns drawn trying to get him to surrender in a fail-safe move, hoping he himself did not have a gun that he would pull on them, forcing them to shoot him, which he did not do, thankfully. The 16-year-old that they then pulled from that car because he tried to hit the gas, he did hit the gas, and he did ram the cruisers, but they were able to force him to stop and pull him out of the car, and he was laughing, laughing at them. Criminal defense attorney Steve Palmer has looked at all of this from afar. He tells Channel 6 here in Columbus that he's represented a lot of juveniles in juvenile court over the years. Maybe people will listen to Steve Palmer. They're not listening to me. I've said for a long time consequences have to happen. There have to be harsh consequences for what is going on. Of the escalating car thefts, Steve Palmer says, this is what's going to happen. It's going to escalate until the courts do something to stop it. Aha, yes, there's the missing piece of the problem-solving puzzle, the courts. The courts and the prosecutors. Now, it's interesting to me that one Columbus police official said that when they hatched Operation Game Over and the juvenile judges and prosecutors began collaborating with police on Operation Game Over, which was meant to curb teen car thefts. The police officer said that the initial response they got from juvenile judges and prosecutors was adversarial. That means 
not friendly, not accommodating, not agreeable, adversarial. They're all supposed to be on the same team, right? They're on team problem solving. Cars are stolen. Police address, uh, arrest the offending party. Prosecutors are charged with coming up with the correct charges and prosecuting the case, and judges must administer appropriate justice. Well, the prosecutors and the judge, they weren't even about the kids being caught. And so until they fix that part of the puzzle, this problem is going to continue. And given the brazenness of this 14-year-old who crashed his stolen car into a garbage truck after surviving a rollover crash that killed two of his buddies, how much time would you bet this kid has before he ends up? Another one of our teenagers in Columbus who dies far too soon. Maybe not by the hand of gun violence like most of them do. No. See, I misspoke. The wokeness got into my head. I said gun violence. That is a wokeism term, a misnomer. What I meant to say is maybe he'll be one of the teenagers in Columbus who dies. Most of them who die from being shot by other criminals, oftentimes also juveniles. Mike Crispin, Whitehall Police Chief, says, The list is always growing. Who is the repeat offender this week? Who's teaching the new kids next week? Yeah. The Franklin County juvenile judges pushed back against Operation Game Over because they said, Oh, if you put the kids in the system, they'll learn to be criminals. They're learning, Judge Kim A. Brown and others, but not because they're being detained, and momentarily locked up in the Franklin County Juvenile Justice Center. No, they're learning from their friends. They're learning from their friends. Now, none of the television stations in town, the Dispatch, by the way, doesn't even write about this. They're they're afraid they'd look racist, right? Amelia Robinson, their opinion page editor, and their other uber-left progressives down at the Dispatch, they wouldn't dare deign to write about a 14-year-old who within two weeks has survived a rollover crash of a stolen car and then crashed a stolen car himself into a garbage truck. They wouldn't write about that because that might be racist. It might be some kind of phobic. It might be intolerant. He's This 14-year-old is just expressing his authentic self, probably, in the minds of Amelia Robinson and the other wokesters down there at the dispatch. Dwayne Mabry, uh, Columbus... City police commander has a different view of it. He said, this kid is stacking up consequence after consequence. I don't know if he realizes what this means in his life. Is he really? Is he really stacking up consequence after consequence? I don't think so. If he were stacking up consequence after consequence, maybe he wouldn't have stolen another car and crashed it into a garbage truck. I don't think he's stacking consequence up after consequence at all. I don't think he suffered the first consequence yet. Maybe a couple bad nightmares from surviving a rollover crash where two of his buddies were killed. Commander Mabry says, I don't know if he realizes what this means in his life. I don't know. He might realize it. Maybe he just doesn't care. Because the message isn't getting through. So when it comes to your car thefts in the city of Columbus, there are a lot of them. And we have the head-scratching case, although not really, because I can see if you don't 
penalize these kids for stealing cars. They're going to keep stealing cars. The head-scratching case to some of the 14-year-old boy who survived the crash that killed two 14-year-olds in whose company he was when they stole a car and fled from police and crashed. Now he, in another stolen car Tuesday, crashes it into a Columbus garbage truck and has to go to the hospital again. They probably know him on a first-name basis by now. He's not uncommon. Jeff Simpson, who is the president of the FOP Capital City Lodge 9, says that 75% of released juveniles become repeat offenders in just 55 days. 75%! Three-quarters of them within two months are back in the system. Now, keeping with our theme of problem-solving, Identifying a problem? Car thefts. Hatching a plan to stop it? Arrests? Operation game over. Evaluating the plan? That's where we are right now. When we have a 75% recidivism rate within two months, we have a problem with a part of the plan. And the part of the plan we have a problem with is the lack of enforcement, the lack of deterrent, the lack of consequences. Jeff Simpson's view, he tells WCMH-TV, sometimes it takes the time, sometimes it takes time to do it right the first time, to send a message to, Jeff Simpson, how dare you use this word, discipline these kids appropriately within the law, and you probably won't see them back again. If they have something at home to talk about with their parents and say, whoa, I never want that again, well, Jeff You're making the assumption that there are parents at home with them who will help them understand the gravity of their actions. You know, I haven't heard this word in a while, but it happened to me. What I would say would have been a useful number of times. A useful number of times. I wonder how many of you can raise your hand when I tell you that when I was young and I did something. Here's the something I did when I was young. I got this super cool bicycle one year. Now, we're in the Wayback Machine here, so I'm going to define what super cool was then, and you're not allowed to laugh and say, that's not super cool now. I get it. But I got this super cool bicycle, which was mostly purple. And it had a banana seat. Does anybody have banana seats on their bicycles anymore? Does anybody even know what a banana seat is? Uh, My producer, Aaron, is uh, quite a bit younger than I am. Aaron, when I say my bicycle had a banana seat, you have any idea what a banana seat is? I do know what you mean. Okay. Thin, curved. Yes! Curved like a banana. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. And it was high handlebars. And I was riding my bicycle on the mean streets of West Liberty, Ohio. And I was coming out of a gas station where I think I had grabbed, like, you know, a bottle of pop or something like that. And I evidently did not look both ways before I crossed the road. Now, fortunately, the car that was coming the other direction did not hit me. Unfortunately, the car that was coming the other direction was driven by my father, who rolled his window down and said, get home as soon as you can. Mm, Well, that was not a very inviting invitation from him, but I got home as soon as I could and... Guess who was not riding the super cool 
banana seat bicycle for the entirety of the summer. Me, that's who. I walked everywhere. I walked to baseball practice. I walked downtown. I suffered a consequence for my action. I couldn't like ride out into the country and go fishing like I used to do. I suffered a consequence for my action. Now, that's an elementary example, and certainly crossing the street without looking both ways is not the same as stealing a car. I can only imagine how long I would have been. And here's the key word, kids. Grounded. Anybody else grounded when they were a kid? Couldn't do something you really like to do. We've lost the concept of grounding teenagers. And that's an interesting that's an interesting word, grounding, because you know what often results from being grounded is you get grounded. What I mean is when you suffer consequences for your actions and you are, back in the old days, grounded, it has a way of focusing you on doing the right things. And when you are in the habit of doing the right things, you are said to be, in a much different sense, grounded, rooted, stable, attached to the right things. These young people who are stealing cars obviously are not rooted to the right things. And the best way that I know to get them rooted to the right things is consequences for actions. Doesn't exist because we have a failure, a failure, not an enforcement. We have a failure in our justice system, a complete failure in our justice system. Our judges, our prosecutors, they're not doing their job. Not doing their job. So, what will it take for them to do their job? I don't know. I don't know. I don't see in the local reporting beyond this show any interest in holding these people accountable. I placed a call to Judge Kim A. Brown. You think she's calling me back? Not a chance. Not a chance. Mike Crispin, the head of the Whitehall Police Department, says there are four levels to the criminal justice system, police, prosecutors, judges, and corrections. He says, everyone's trying to do what they can within this particular construct that we call the criminal justice system, but it is completely broken. There's really no way to fix it within that particular construct. We have to rethink criminal justice. I don't know, Mike. That sounds uh, a little bit more progressive and politically correct than I would have anticipated from you because I think Mike Crispin really knows what needs to happen, and it's not necessarily reimagining police. Re- uh, reimagining the justice system. I don't think Mike Crispin thinks, nor do I think, there's anything wrong with the first leg of the justice system. The cops are doing the best they can. There aren't enough cops out there because a lot of them have been chased by the profession by ineffective, I was trying to think of a kind word, ineffective politicians like Andrew Ginther, Shannon Harden, Columbus City Council President, and others, which manifests itself in judges losing their center. You know how you know that? Because they're flipping from Republican to Democrat just to get elected. So they're trying to be popular rather than doing the job they were elected to do. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.